Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Family Rabble. I'm Joe Shelton, and... I'm Bailey Shelton. Yay, 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 yay. Bailey's Woo! here. Bailey in the house. Whoop, whoop. Bailey in the house. Bailey in the house. So, Bailey um, in the house. Bailey in the house. Bailey's in the house. House, house, house. Roof. Walls. Door. <laughs> it's been an interesting week. I uh, had to cancel Saturday in the park um, because, which was our thing, our show that we were going to do in the park in Beckenholt Park in Greenfield. And uh, because it literally was a deluge of rain. And then right about one o'clock when we were supposed to have the event, it got to be sunny. And, but, you know, it had already rained us out setting up and everything. And it was muddy as hell. So we had to cancel. Um, but then it was really nice all afternoon, which, you know, was like Mother Nature laughing at us. <laughs> yeah. But, you know nothing I can do. You have to make a call because there's thunderstorms and two inches of rain falling and, <laughs> and nobody's going to be there anyway. So. Right. Well, it isn't even that it's like, I'm not taking equipment out in electricity and muddy, wet places. Right. Um, but then you so. set all that up and then nobody's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a thunderstorm. Well, the thunderstorm was over. That's what I'm saying. I mean, people might have shown up and been disappointed because there was no, you know, way to set up before because we're not, you know, we don't have uh, waterproof uh, stuff like some of the very high-end professionals have. We are, we are a low-end, low-budget operation here. <laughs> In fairness, the high-end professionals definitely like have that because they're playing indoor-outdoor venues where... All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so our, our equipment is not made to withstand weather. So we did not, um, chance that. Um, so what, anyway, like you can't apologies drop your to anyone who pool? showed up That's and, and weird. Uh, apologies to anyone who, uh, showed up and we weren't there. Um, but we will reschedule. So that's, that's fun. Um, anyway, uh, I, I did have a show on Friday. That was fun. We had a really good crowd, even though it was nice outside. So that, that was cool. Uh, did Elton John, uh, come over and sing a song with you? He did not, but it would have been awesome if he did. Um, oh. it, it would have also enhanced the crowd. I mean, it would have went from a full bar to a really full bar. <laughs> yeah. You would have had a problem actually. <laughs> <laughs> had an issue, uh, a good issue nonetheless, but still an issue. Um, and I would have felt really bad for the people working in there <laughs> if it got to the, to that kind of level because you know um security and and all of the things that you would need uh for that sort of thing were at a minimum on uh, mm -hmm. that day um but yeah uh what about your week bailey i'm trying to think of what i did because I definitely, I, so I've been trying to, I, I feel like I've told you this, but I've been trying to correct my sleep schedule um, because there are a few things, but basically I've just been waking up later than I like to be waking up. Um, 
basically the happiest I ever am is when I'm waking up at like 6 a.m., um, which I know is a disgusting thing about me. Um, just a, just the most red flag of red flags, toxic behavior to enjoy waking up at 6 a.m. and to feel like I'm living my best life when I wake up at 6 a.m., but it's true. Um, and, and usually it's not like I am talking to people. I'm very selfish with my mornings. Um, I want to like wake up at six and then like scroll on my phone for 30 to 45 minutes. Well, 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, and then I like to get up and get like, I need to move before I really start my day. So I've been doing that and, uh, it's finally working. Cause this morning I woke up at 6am like naturally without an alarm. Um, cause I was going to give myself the weekend off, but there was no need. So that's been nice. Um, and as a result, I've been like moving in the mornings. Um, luckily I just got a bike. So there's this whole thing where I saw an I, Instagram story or something. You posted a picture of a bike and said this trail is death or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a park. Um, it's actually so not close to my house. Um, it's like, uh, I pulled it up when I was sitting on that bench recovering. I was like, how far am I from my house? If I walked it, and it was like, that'll take an hour. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Bike. but it's only, it, it would be like 20 minutes on a bus or 15, uh, if I had a car that I was driving. Um, uh -huh. so yeah, on a bike, I I don't I didn't really take a straight path. I kind of just ended up in that park, and I had only been in there once before. But um, it's called Valley Houston, and it's got like a whole bunch of um hills in it. So there, I was like, this hill is death. This one specifically, mm -hmm. um, because it was like I had been biking for blocks and blocks just to get to the park. And then went into the park and was like going up the hill. And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I think my heart's going to give out if I get to the top of this hill. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> and then when you go down, like, like, you know, hopefully it all holds together because it's going to be a speedy descent. Yeah. Well, and yeah. honestly, it it's like um, I'm still getting back up the stamina that I used to have. Like I used to be able to like ride a bike for an in indeterminate amount of time. Um, and so slowly but surely I've just going to get back there. So. You're channeling your inner Lance Armstrong. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, uh, cause I'm not going for speed and, and you're um, not taking any steroids. No. Well, he was, he was literally recovering from cancer. So I feel like maybe the steroids were a little justified, mm. but mm. no, um, no, he was cheating. That's, that's what he was doing. <laughs> sure. But what I'm saying is like he probably wasn't cheating before he had cancer. They probably put him on steroids and then he just didn't. Oh, come well, off yeah, he never won until know? after he had cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here nor there. Um, but however, it was amazing watching what he was doing. Like, to be fair about it, like yeah. he was incredible. I mean, um, even if he had to take steroids to get that way. I don't want to win the Tour de France. Uh, I don't even like. There I don't are want to people... participate in the Tour de France. It's vicious. Have you, uh, <laughs> have you seen uh, the people who like go on biking trip? Like they, they like they bike across places. That's like really popular in Europe. Um, 
Like people okay. do that. They just like take their bike. They're like, I'm going to go across Spain. Um, yeah, which no. is cool. Not my thing. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to bike pack across Spain. No, I don't like, like, I don't like the idea of having to have a tire repair kit on me. Um, at, that at doesn't least, really sound pleasant at the very least. Yeah. I think if I had one of those bikes that like folded up to be um like compartmentalized, I could see myself like doing a train trip where I just had my bike with me. <laughs> I've seen people here doing long trips like that. I mean, I actually I know somebody. I used to work with a guy named Eli who did that. Um yeah, like, he like yeah, biked out west for a really long time. Yeah, we're we're going to bike through the we're going to bike out to the Tetons. It's like, what? <laughs> That's like 20 hours in a car. What do you, you, are you, what? You know? Yeah. It's like, that's like several weeks of bike riding. It sounds like to me. Yeah. You know? It is. In fact. Yeah. yeah. It's like people who are like, I'm going to backpack through the Grand Canyon. I'm like, which of the several week long routes are you taking? Now, see, I was actually going to backpack to the bottom of the Grand Canyon on my 30th birthday. What happened? Um, well, your your mom and I had passes to go backpacking all the way to the bottom and camp down there, which it takes, you have to get them like a year in advance. And um, we had been doing all of the things that we needed to do to be in the right condition to do this. Mm -hmm. And three days before we left, she stepped off the back porch and fell into a fence and broke her shoulder. Oh, and that yeah. happened yeah and like she had to have like three nails like to put her yeah shoulder i remember back the together. nails in her shoulder yeah and so we, we we went to the grand canyon anyway uh but we didn't do the the thing because you know she wasn't capable of doing it with me and i you know it wasn't going to be an alone thing i need you have to have a partner right mm -hmm. right well that so, yeah, sucks yeah huh yeah. Well, I'll do it for my 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it's, it. It's a lot of, uh, it's a, it's a serious situation. Like, and you have to plan well, way no. ahead. You have to get passes at least a year in advance to, to camp at the bottom of, and you won't want to hike in and out in one day. It's too far. No, I don't want to do that. I mean, I, I, I remember Ben and Emily talking once about like doing a rafting trip with their friends in the Grand Canyon. But mm -hmm. when you do that, you have to like ration your meals, um, mm -hmm. which as a concept just kind of freaks me out. Like, I'm sure I would be fine, actually. It's um, not just the hiking, though. Like, you, there's no bathrooms or anything. You have to go in the woods. There's, well, you have to take all the stuff along to handle doing that. You have to um, uh, have like a full pack kit with your, you know, all the equipment to, to, to handle the whole way along with enough water and food to last you for two days. Yeah, <laughs> in a, in a very harsh environment. So, it's a uh, it's a situation. I actually, like I said, we had I had it fully. I was all ready to go. Like at that point, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we we were we were close. We had the big packs that you wear on your back, and I was doing it on the treadmill every night, and we were we were ready to do it. Um, That's really cool. Yep, didn't happen though. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> she she hurt herself so. It's got. It's good that she's uh, not had any lasting damage and is able to use her arm and everything. But mm -hmm. yeah. Um. But yeah, the uh, 
the the hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon would would have been cool. It, I mean, we hiked a little ways into it, um, probably like a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. That's all the farther she could do with you know with whatever drugs she was on for the pain. <laughs> yeah. So, and we went all the way around the rim in a car. Like we stopped off at each of the little things and walked, you know, a little ways into whatever trail and looked around and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of fun. We even went to, uh, um, like the meteor crater crater place. That was one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't go down. She didn't go on that completely. Uh, but they have a, um, the, it's like where a meteor landed. It's huge giant crater out in the middle of the Arizona desert. And, mm-hmm. um, they had a tower that you can climb up and like look out into the crater, you know, cause the edge mm-hmm. of the crater is way taller than ground level, right. From the displacement, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you can't see into the crater from like, unless you climb up on this tower so you can see over the lip. So, um, I go on the tower and it says at the bottom, there's this, uh, there's a little digital readout and it says, you know, 85 mm-hmm. on it, 86, 85. And I, I don't know what the readout is. It doesn't say it's just a little number thing. So I get, I climb up there with a, and I've got like a video camera with me cause I'm on a video camera, the whole thing. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, the wind up there was outstanding. The wind mm-hmm. blowing over the top of that crater was, you know, it was actually a lot more than that because they, they sounded a horn while we were up there. <laughs> I, I had my hat, like it wasn't like a baseball hat I was wearing. I was wearing like a, a Western kind of hat, like a cowboy hat kind of thing with a string on it because the okay. sun was so intense in Arizona that I needed like more shade, like to mm-hmm. keep from burning myself to death. And, um, so I was wearing that and like the hat blew off and the string caught it like on my neck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is why these hats have a string. <laughs> it, it isn't like to hold it on your head. It's to keep it from flying away if it gets blown off your head. Right. That is so a thing I would say. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like 30 years old thinking, you know, I just found had an epiphany about cowboy hats and the reason they had strings on them. Anyway, this is why these hats have a string. Yeah. Like total. It totally saved my hat because it would have blown to Timbuktu. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, and then, so they sound on a horn and you know, everybody has to come down and we get mm-hmm. down at the bottom and it says 107. <laughs> Apparently mm-hmm. when it hits a hundred, they make you come down. And it was like the wind was, that uh, was the wind speed. That's what the mm-hmm. little sign was. And, um, I was like crazy. They have a wind speed gauge down here at the bottom to let you know, to not go up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't even go. It's over a hundred. You don't want to even, you You don't want to be up there. You don't want to be up there. I mean, the sand hurt like the wind, you know, like little bits of sand getting kicked up. Yeah. I've been in that stinging and it was a steady 85 plus mile an hour wind. Like, yeah, (laughs) it was, and you're climbing up this thing and the wind is just brutal. I'm like, my goodness, this wind is steady. You know, like <laughs> wasn't even gusts. It was just like a wind. Yeah. Yeah. You were in a wind tunnel. Yeah. And, um, but that was a pretty cool thing. 
they apparently practiced doing the moon landing in the bottom of the crater. And so some of the stuff from doing that was down there and you could see it from the tower. That's really cool. They left it all. Yeah. Um, in a far less impressive feat, I found out that I can bike to the Clyde River in about 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Clyde, only problem huh? is that when you do that, you have to bike back, uh, and then a rainstorm hit on my bike back, and I was like, God, okay. I was like, Fun. dang, this really sucks, because <laughs> it was like pouring down rain, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and you just talked about last week how Scotland has steady rain. Well, it's different when you're on a bike, because <laughs> then you're <laughs> on the bike, and you're like, pedaling into water it seemed all nice and steady until you got out there on a bike Is that and in fact me? if i was not on the bike it would have been fine but because i was on the bike it was like okay however fast i pedal is making the rain faster on my body so it's like biking into rain basically i mean so. i get it yeah so honestly, uh, you know what it kind of reminds me of every time I bike in the rain is, um, do you remember that one? It was, it was like years ago now. It was when I was a, either a freshman in high school or I was in, it was like the summer before my freshman year of high school. It was like one of those summer, like sudden thunderstorms and we were all loaded up in the car. It was I was still dating Jonathan Dennison at the time. He was sitting next to me in the oh, back wow. seat of the car. That was and we were on our way to eat dinner or something in Indy. Okay. And I was watching out the window and saw this guy on a bicycle with both of his handlebars loaded down with groceries. And he was just pedaling and you could tell that the bike was like overloaded. Like he was like he had overexerted himself on the grocery run. And I was in the middle of saying, uh, and the rain was pouring down and it was like filling up. And I was like, man, that really sucks. Like I literally was in the middle of saying, oh man, I kind of feel bad for that guy. And then as I said that, as I was like, I feel bad for that guy. And I like pointed out the window, he flipped in the water over his bike handles in the rain oh, see, okay. and we were going by on 40 so it wasn't like i could be like hey let's turn around and make sure that guy's okay yeah. <laughs> um because we were going at least like 40 miles 40 50 miles an hour like i was like right. well there's nothing we can do like uh, <laughs> like shit okay just whoo I was like, did you guys see that? And they were like, yeah, you just said, oh, hey, look at that guy right before it happened. Like, yes, we did. I mean, um, I you you made me like flash back to my days at Ball State. And when I was at Ball State, the tower wasn't in the middle of McKinley, right? Okay. So like before they built the tower in the middle of McKinley Avenue, it was just a straight road through there. Yeah. And uh, right in, there were two spots. One was in front of the ball building and one was a little farther down near Teachers College. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, where the road had like a, um, like a drainage thing, but the drainage things didn't work very well. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So like the road was uh, purposely kind of beveled downhill toward those drains, but they didn't drain very fast or very well. And so the water would get really like, if there was a, a, a you know, a good hard rain, uh, the water would kind of be like a giant nasty puddle. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so the thing is that you could always tell freshmen during the rain versus people who had been at, at, at ball state a while because they would walk in the grass instead of on the sidewalk when it was raining. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and the reason is that if somebody drove by and hit one of those puddles, it was like a, a tsunami came onto the sidewalk. Like <laughs> it, was, it was better to walk in the mud just a little bit on the other side of the sidewalk than to try and walk through those couple of areas. So like, you know, you'd see the freshmen staying on the sidewalk and everybody who was an upperclassman kind of veering over slowly into the grass <laughs> mm-hmm. to walk around the area where the puddles were in the road. Like they would just do it like subconsciously. It wasn't even like a, hey, Bill, we should walk over this way. It was, you know, everybody just did it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except the freshmen who would walk along there with their books, backpacks and whatnot and somebody would inevitably come by on the street and just absolutely fucking drown them. Yeah. <laughs> like, awful. Like, not even like, I, you know, I can't explain the amount of water that would come up. It was like somebody took two five-gallon buckets of water and just poured them over their head. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember even when I went to Ball State, it was like part of Muncie just never got updated. So if it was a big, heavy rain, there were just parts that didn't, like, that would flood and get shut down. Like... Yeah, Madison Especially Street. Especially along like Jackson. Yeah, Madison um, Street on the train underpass. That thing floods still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anything by the river, really. Yeah. I I mean, um, that thing on Madison Street, I don't know how many times I've seen people lose their cars into there trying to go through it anyway. Yeah. Because <laughs> they like I don't know if they can't they don't realize that it's really, really deep because <laughs> But it gets there really- are spots in Indy that flood really badly, like on North Massachusetts, um, by the train tracks, it gets really flooded. It's not safe over there. Like if yeah. you get off on rural after a rainstorm and you're trying to take the back roads into town, like it's just, it's not worth it. Like you could lose your car. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and on a uh, 10th street in Indianapolis, it's like that too. When it rains under the underpass on 10th, I, when I when I was still dating Adam, he was driving that like shitty Malibu. And I remember one time it was like we were trying to transport an amp or go to a show or something like we were on a time schedule and we hit that puddle. And I was like, hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't drive any further because that's deeper than you think. And if that hits your engine, we're really fucked. Like, this is not a nice car. It will not recover. You need to turn around before it's too late. And we did. Uh, but it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, listen, bud, I know this thing's a piece of shit. Like, we shouldn't go into that puddle. <laughs> like, if we well, were in the truck, it wouldn't, it would be it wouldn't even thing, matter but... if it was a new car. If you get water into the, uh, into the intake, it'll just shut the car off and it won't restart. Well, <laughs> yes, but that car in particular was like really low riding and it yeah. would have taken water like 
like a submarine with a hole punched in the side. It was just been awful. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, you know, or a submarine that might implode. You know, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we don't need to talk about the Titan. I mean, I don't want to. Do you? I mean, I don't know. I um, uh, I, I guess I do a little because I thought it was. Okay. Uh, I, I, the the thing about it is that um, I read a, an article about it earlier this week, and I'm just shocked and amazed at how people can become billionaires and be so blasé, and uh, um, and, and you know think that everyone else is wrong and that they know it all. Like that that's the part of the story that's incredible to me that you could be smart enough to find a way to make all that money. And yet dumb enough to not listen to the people who are submarine experts telling you that the materials you built your submarine out of aren't safe. <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I don't think that you have to be smart to be a billionaire at all. So, well, I mean, somewhat, I mean, you don't have to be, if you inherited being a billionaire, but I'm talking about, I mean, this guy actually, you know, made that money. <laughs> I mean, okay. But I think that, it's not like the barrier of intelligence it takes to be a billionaire is not as high as you're thinking. I don't think. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, that they're geniuses because they made a billion dollars. I'm just saying I would think that you would have enough, you know, self-preservation if nothing else to go, you know, if I build this thing out of carbon fiber and they tell me that carbon fiber doesn't react well to pressure, that I should probably listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that egomaniacs exist all over, um, especially with billionaires. Um, I also am just, I, I, I think that the thing that is really fucking shocking to me is not that so much as, well, first of all, I'm always surprised by the, like, because I know that a lot of billionaires are egotistical. Um, and I hear them do, being egotistical in a way that is not self-preserving. And I just am so surprised that more of them don't die. <laughs> 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 because sometimes they talk and I'm like, this is a final destination script. Like, So you, so you see, this so, was a, this was actually a, a segue into the thing I really wanted to talk about, which is threads, which is the new um, social media platform that Meta has put out. Have you been on it? Um, I do want to say one more thing about Titan before we move on to threads, Okay. Uh, which is uh, one of the conversations that Sid and I had um, because they were fascinated was that, by was that this. Siamese and... Was that Siamese Sydney? Was that Siamese Sydney? No, don't bring that up right now. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> think about that. No, this man okay. is just sending me out of the blue at 11 o'clock at night videos of me being embarrassing as a child. So you weren't embarrassing. Um, you were cute. Sure. And it so, wasn't 11 o'clock at night. It was like five o'clock. And five hours from five is 10, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I was already in bed. So, <laughs> so, so that aside, uh, Sid and I were talking about this cause they, they were fascinated with, um, sea disasters. We were talking about the, the Edmund Fitzgerald along with this. Um, but they specifically were talking, we got on the topic of like the set, the son who was along, um, just because it was like a father's day treat 
and his dad really wanted to go and he was like well i guess fuck it whatever literally listening to uh, i was like reading the ants interview and i was like you know what's really chilling about this is i would 100 percent die that way or it's like my my parents just really want to do a thing and i know they'll feel bad if i don't do it with them and i'm not gonna look into whatever science is behind that and then we end up dying because i just wanted them to feel included i was like yeah that that's 100 percent a thing that would happen to me <laughs> and it, I, it's not even close i'm like yeah he's like they're paying for it they really want to do it like I, you wouldn't even have to press me that hard. I'd just feel so bad. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'll go to the bottom of the ocean with you, even though that is literally my worst fear ever. Whatever. Like, Bailey, I guess I can tell you this. <laughs> I can tell you this without any kind of trepidation. I have negative desire to get inside a submarine. <laughs> okay. And go That's anywhere good, in the ocean. I too have negative desire to be I, inside a submarine. No. I, look, of I, any I, depth. So like <laughs> I went into the German U-boat at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago when I was in sixth grade. And when I was walking through it, I was like, people went out into the ocean in this? What? Like, yeah. like there is yeah. no. Fuck that. I was like, there is no earthly way that I want to get in this heavy tin can and run around in the bottom of the ocean in it. There's just no way. I'm it's not, so I, weird like, to me that like, and especially that um, that era was also draft era military. Like you could get drafted and randomly assigned into that. And that, <laughs> that to me, well, this is, like, this to me, me is why like, if you, if you like, that. if you had a fairly high draft number, when they, you know, when they did the draft lottery or whatever, if you got a fairly high number to where you might be selected, the best thing to do is to just enlist and pick where you go, yeah. right? Like it was, yeah. it, that, that, it was like that. That was the, the thing. Like if you were getting drafted, it's like either run away to Canada, or, <laughs> or just or take just, the plunge, and just and, and then and then you get a like at least direct kind of what you're doing in the in the military. And you know what, Dad? I think that if it were me and I got a high draft number, I would I would just enlist because I I took the like pre-examination thing and I know that my skills and intelligence are specifically geared toward leadership. So I would just get put on like the lieutenant track or something. And I'd be like, all right, like like I'd just go to like Naval Academy or something. Um and become like a lieutenant and that would be my goal i would just be like okay i'm gonna just do the military ranks like gonna try and not see front of combat ever that's gonna be my goal i mean yeah that's yeah um because um, but luckily you know i don't have to worry about that so yeah uh, totally yeah um, there was a certain time where i think that like that hypothetical was oh i mean i could see draft dodging but i don't i don't know that i necessarily ever have to worry about that so 
No. No. I mean, I don't think that you would get drafted because, hey, they don't draft women. Well, um, I think that if there were another war, they wouldn't draft women, honestly. Really? I don't know. Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it just depends. Um. On who's, I think uh, if the, if we had an unfavorable enough war that we would have to do a draft, we would have to draft women, and not because oh we would run out of men. I think that there would be a very men led movement to say like, hey, I'd like to lower my odds of being drafted by adding the other half of the population <laughs> population to this. Uh, I mean, uh, perhaps you don't think that there's there's as much virtue among men as there was uh 50 years ago i wouldn't call it virtue i'd call it uh being led astray by the cult of domesticity to think that like <laughs> women literally can't be in the army like yeah yeah you know that that that's true um like they they literally weren't in it like like it's not like oh we have women in the army but they just aren't in the draft it was like they literally aren't in the armed forces well there were women so. in the armed form forces but they were only in as medics yes yeah so yeah like now there are actual women in the front lines so yeah if they can put a targeted ad to try and recruit me they can 100 percent draft me like They've just not set that up because if they set it up, it would seem like we were about to have a war that people wouldn't want to be a part of. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they used to before Vietnam and during it, they, they would draft people anyway, what, what, even when there wasn't a war going on. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, they didn't keep a they didn't keep a big standing army. So they would um, they didn't recruit like that or whatever. They just drafted a certain number of people every year. That sucks. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, on, on to other topics. Cause that one sucks. The, um, <laughs> the, the threads. Okay. Cause I was talking about billionaires and their, you know, egos. And it seems that Elon Musk and his ego has gotten him in a pickle because another billionaire decided to basically with an equally large ego. <laughs> yeah. Basically rebuild Twitter. The original Twitter, not like the current messed up. I mean, the last eight or nine years of Twitter has been a messed up mess. But um, the it, it, the threads is like Twitter was originally, basically, <laughs> right now. It has no search. Um, you can search for people, but you can't search for any topics. There's no hashtags or trending things that happen in it. It's literally just threads of conversation. Um, and honestly, if they never put search on it, I think it would be better. <laughs> I, I have no opinion of the social media channel. I'm going to be honest with you. Have you been on it yet? I've seen it. I've tapped into it and I've been like, oh, this doesn't have a like really extensive web presence enough for me to like, look who's on it and see how it's doing. Like, Oh, it does. It's gotten 85 million users now after 48 hours. <laughs> well, I don't doubt that because it's... Uh, Facebook product that pre-signs you up as long as you are like click the Instagram product actually. Yeah. yeah, it's an well, it's a meta product. Right, but it's it's which is connected uses, to Facebook. It's not. It's connected to Instagram. Instagram is connected to Facebook. No, it isn't. The accounts are Yes, separate. it is. They use the same messenger. I know, but the accounts are separated. 
Yes, I understand that they are separated. It doesn't use your Facebook account to log in. It uses the Instagram account to log in because it's part of Instagram. But it's all the same data. No, they're separated. Okay. I mean, they do share things between the two services, but the services are completely separate. Whereas threads and Instagram is not separate. It's it's just the text version of Instagram, basically. Okay, but when I say it's a Facebook product, what I'm saying is it's a meta product because they are all the same company. Yeah. Okay. I mean, WhatsApp's part of it too, but I'm not signed up for an account on WhatsApp. No, but if you were to assign a, sign up for a WhatsApp account, they'd be like, hey, we already have all of your fucking information. No, they wouldn't. You'd have to actually put it in and create a profile. Uh-huh. When you when you sign up for Threads, it, it actually uses your Instagram login and and yeah. profile from Instagram. Yeah, and on WhatsApp, you can use your Facebook login to establish an account. But it creates a whole new account, and you have to put all your stuff in in your profile. It doesn't. No, you work. don't. It autofills using Facebook information. Does it? Because I don't know. Yes. I I, I haven't logged in to it. In okay. A long time. So I had okay. an account on it before it was owned by Facebook. Yeah. So um, you're notion of what it is is pre-facebook right i don't know what it's like now because i don't need it like it's worthless to me but i mean i'm in a few whatsapp group chats but that's because i live abroad so yeah i try to avoid adding messengers to my life because why um (laughs) (laughs) i mean to me whatsapp is just facebook messenger why did they have to create another why did they have it separated. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, it's because they purchased one of their competitors. It's kind of um, like Yahoo messenger, which was good. Um, I was good at that point. I didn't need another messenger <laughs> and they had, uh, AOL messenger and they had like all these different messenger apps. Yeah. I mean, before FaceTime existed, I was on Skype a lot more. Yeah. Which is Microsoft teams now. They just changed the name. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Microsoft owns Skype. And so they just rebranded it as Microsoft Teams and added a whole lot of features that it didn't have. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like what they did was instead of making Skype a a personal video call platform, they made it for. They for integrated teams. it with Office, basically. And integrated. Yeah. yeah. And then made it an Office service rather than a. Yeah. Video service. Rather than just a video service, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's it is a video service, and that is the only thing it really does, but it is now a very specific video service for Microsoft Teams. Well, what I'm saying is like the marketing of that is like you don't just use it to call your family. No, this is specifically for meetings. (laughs) Yes. And we're using Zoom, which is definitely a competitive product to um, teams. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't really have an opinion. They both do the video thing. I, I, my workplace uses Google meet, which hates me. Um, so uh, hard. No, I, it, I have, it, it doesn't hate you. It, it, it sucks. No, it, it does everyone. hate me. It does. <laughs> and I know it does. It holds a vendetta against me. Google- said some really rude things about, about me personally. Um, and <laughs> Google's version of this sucks. Well, I'm certain that Google uh, is going to come out of the computer and spit on my grave once I die. uh, Google has lots of great products. That's just not one of them. (laughs) 
it's 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 akin to when Google tried to do social media. That mm-hmm. was terrible too. Um, they were they were quite unsuccessful because their platform was junk. Sure. Um, w- Did I ever tell you I was in a? <laughs> I was in a. It was like uh, I was in. Oh, what was it called? That social media. It's like Google friends or something. I thought it was Google. They had several. There was the, the one that was the circle. What was that one? Circles, Google circles or. Yeah. So I was in one of them when it was like trying to be (laughs) Facebook, but without any advertising, you know, Well, Um, also with like the ability to crash a lot. Well, I, it would have had to have a lot more traffic before it crashed, to be honest, (laughs) when I was on it, because it was, um, me and Will Skinner, uh, Adam's brother, actually, that I was in homeroom with. Um, and then Kyle Pugh, who was also in our science class. Um, so it was like the three of us and then like two of Will's other friends were on there and it was like, I don't know why they invited me. But it was just me like reading their cat memes. <laughs> and, like, I was like, why am I here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, we don't hang out outside of school. This is a weird thing for you to invite me to. <laughs> like your guys' personal meme group chat. Why am I why am I here? Like so yeah, but Let's see. I'm trying to Google Plus. That's what... yeah. It was Google Plus. It was a Google Plus account. I'm like looking it up because there were there was there were several Google Plus. That one died in 2019. There was one before that though. I thought. Hmm. I can't remember it though. Uh, Google Buzz. That's one. That was the one before. It's called Google Buzz. Hmm. It wasn't good either. Well. <laughs> yes, Google Plus was like tumbleweeds after like the first six months. Yeah, I'm going to be a late adopter to threads because I just, I don't want to, I don't want to partake just yet. Like, I think Twitter will have to completely crash and burn and die before I hop onto another thing. I mean, it, it, you don't have to learn anything on it. It is Twitter from 2008. Like, well, okay. I understand. <laughs> I don't have to learn anything. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have another app or account on my, like, I just don't want to have it. You know, I don't want to establish another account right now. Um, so, so you're going to be one of the ones that gets dragged kicking and screaming. No, I won't kick and scream. I'll I'll do it very quietly late in the game. It's just I don't <laughs> I don't want to build another following right now. I'm so fucking tired. Well, it kind <laughs> of auto builds your following, by the way, which is Well, cool. it automatically feeds me to people who already follow me on Instagram and I don't want to do that. Like I don't yeah. I I don't want to ask that audience for that right now. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like I don't. It's it's just not like it's not in my goals right now to have another f- platform to try and gain full followers on. I also personally am like 
I understand that they're trying to like replace Twitter and then co-opt the revenue from it. Um, but I quite frankly don't really want to be in between that pissing contest and I don't want to have to like I already don't ra- really enjoy having to change content per platform to be formatted a different way and i really don't like the idea of doing that when all three of the social medias are owned by the same fucking company well the best thing about this is that there is no formatting for content <laughs> it I... takes whatever you give it right now and i hope it they is, leave it, alone. it is still a short like, form content platform like that is the format of it yeah like, but it can be pretty long I haven't. I don't care. I don't want it to be long. I don't want to fucking I, like. I don't. If if well, it's it, long, I don't want it. Like. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like all arguing and like. Let me finish. <laughs> so the cool things about it are that it doesn't have any formatting, and I hope that they keep it without making us format anything because it's beautiful. You just attach a picture or whatever, and it takes it however it is, and it puts it in the feed, and if you hit a link in there. The link goes straight to wherever it needs to go. It doesn't stop off and go and, hey, this is the Facebook browser and you're leaving Facebook. Or, hey, this is the Twitter and you're leaving Twitter if you hit this. Like, it just goes there. So, like, if you hit a YouTube link, it goes and opens up YouTube and runs, which is great. I wish it would, like, I wish Facebook would just, like, take a page from threads and go back to the way it used to be in Facebook when you could do that. It was awesome before they, you know, got all, we have to use our browser and all that crap to keep you in Facebook. Yeah. I'm still okay without it though. Yeah. I think I'm all right. So, you know, I, I'm sure you are, but I'm talking to the other eight listeners that we have. Okay. Well, other eight listeners, uh, give him a follow. It's at Mr. Joe Shelton on threads. <laughs> Uh, and as for me, you can find me on traditional social media, like Instagram. I'm at Teeny On Twitter, I'm at Bailey A. Shelton. And on Facebook, uh, if you don't know me personally, and we're not already friends on Facebook, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's uh, baileyshelton.substack.com. That's my Facebook. Uh, or you can, uh, you, you have, you know, uh, a website too. You know? I do, but that's not going to help me at all. So don't, don't look that up. That's for people who are trying to give me a job. So. Yeah. Unless you want to hire her to do some graphic artwork on the side. Which or, I am not currently accepting quotes for. So. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, you know, I always think it's best to take any offers and just turn them down, but that's me. Well, um, okay. Um, this, uh, I just, uh, baileyshelton.substack.com. That's, that's where I'd like you to go, please. Thank you. And you can find me at mrjoeshelton.com and you can send me any messages you want. I'll just ignore them if I don't care. Um, and, and if I don't think that I don't care just because I ignored them either, cause sometimes there's just a lot of them. So, um, anyway, I finished watching Ted Lasso. Um, so I finally watched the final episode of it. I assume yeah. you did as well. Yes, I did many weeks ago, many weeks ago. Cause see, I'm behind mm-hmm. and what did you think of it? Like the way that it ended? 
Um, disappointing. Yeah. What did you want to happen? Well, I personally um, think that all of his friends that he like all of his friends and all of the community that he had has um, are in the UK now. Um, like it, like we didn't really get any commentary of him having friends back in Kansas or in Kansas or him having like a real network that he was separated from or anything like that. Like really the only people he was missing in Kansas were his his son uh, and his ex-wife. Um, so I wanted him to stay in the UK. Uh, and that's just because I was like, I don't really know that you moving home right now is going to be the best thing for you. Like, I understand leaving the team kind of, but I would have seen it like, like, first of all, I don't think that where they came in three years was necessarily like an end mark for it. And I think that the offer that was given to him was a really good offer. Like, I would have taken it and I think that it would have been better if he was like yeah we're gonna see about me bringing my son here um because that sounds uh, I also personally have an opinion about his like ex-wife and his situation because I'm like I don't really see why she would be his soul his kid's sole care caregiver except for the fact that his son is currently in school and moving school sucks but he there was then that whole plot line where his son like was getting in fights and didn't have friends and i was like yeah okay so we're keeping him in this school because like i don't like i'm like a transcontinental move might be nice for him he doesn't seem to like his mom's new boyfriend he's not really doing well in school right now he's lashing out and beating up other kids and the main person who can reel him back and really give him life lessons is an ocean away um, and has full visa status and a really good income and like access to the international schools in London. So like logically speaking, I'm like, I can't I can't really imagine the family meeting that says, yeah, come back to Kansas and try and find another job like that seemed ridiculous to me. But well. Um, I guess on my side of that, um, he was running away from his whole life in order to go to the UK period. And he decided that he didn't want to run away anymore. Mm -hmm. He decided yeah. that before the season even started, really, you know, he just, before the last season here, he had kind of already, he, he hadn't said it out loud, but that's what he learned in therapy right was that he was running away from his life and he needed to stop doing that yeah you know and um and, and he didn't like the uk as much as he liked home like him yeah. personally now beard beard loved the uk right <laughs> and that's why he wanted to stay it wasn't just the girl he liked everything there you know and but um but ted he was still he was still back in Kansas, like mentally. <laughs> and that's yeah. why he wanted to go back, you know, um, because he had ran away from his life. He hadn't left because he was making a choice to go, uh, you know, conquer the world or anything like that. He completely left because he was running away from his problems. <laughs> and he decided to go and face the music. Hey, his marriage is over and his kids there. And 
he needed to get as far away from him as possible. And now he's like, okay, I'm a mature adult. I just need to go back and be who I am, you know? And that's why I had no problem with that part of it. But I, um, the, the, the thing that, that, that did catch me a little bit was that I, the whole time I felt like him and Rebecca had a lot more going on than they ever gave us, <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, you know, she like worshiped him basically, <laughs> you know, by the end, <laughs> you know, uh, she was annoyed by him at first, but the reason that she told him the truth and he was the one that she could talk to was because, you know, she worshiped him uh, like uh, the, the way that he handled everything made her feel better. You know, that's why she didn't want him to leave and still didn't at the end, you know, she decided to hang on to the team and sell half the team to the fans instead of to this other entity, mostly because she learned from Ted that it's not all about the winning, you know, it's not all about beating somebody or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's about the community that you build and, and the way that you interact with people that matters, you know? Yeah. And that's why Ted was leaving anyway, because he was learning his own lesson. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and I understand it's like, I, I, I understand that. I honestly, I don't understand. And I, I've, I think that part of this is like, I think I've told you this, but I'm I'm cur currently curious about this concept of like the American abroad, but that like stereotype and that archetype and that character is so frequently like lost or looking for themselves. And that's just something I don't fucking identify with at all because like I don't I didn't leave the US because I felt lost or like I didn't know myself like I know who the fuck I am. And I was not soul searching or like looking for like who I'm supposed to be. No, I know who I am. I know who I'm supposed to be. I just wanted to see the world. Like, I think that that's nice. Like, I like the idea of going for a long fucking walk in the new great wide open world that we have. And that that's me. That's my personal thing. And I understand that like, that's not everybody's deal. And like, you know, we're all lifelong learners and some people need to run the fuck away to learn and then they need to go back. Um, personally, I think that it's weird to see another place as a, just a place that you learn a lesson and then you leave it and those people just go on living their lives without you. Like, that's weird to me. Like working with somebody and being close to somebody for three years and then being like, well, thank you for the lesson. Bye forever. Like, that's weird to me. Um, and <laughs> like, like, especially that cut scene at the end where you kind of like got the imagined like his dream sequence of what everybody does with their lives. Like that really bothered me because I was like, oh, so in Ted's head, he's like never going to fucking see these people again. Like this is goodbye forever. Like and that really bothered me because I was like you spent three years with this, these people, they become your like yeah, day to day, I mean, your best when, friends. Before, before it became, before it became obvious them. that it was a dream, before it became obvious that it was a dream, I was a little bothered that Ted wasn't at Beard's wedding. 
yeah okay. <laughs> yeah that, like, that like, really bugged me that, and that then i was like okay was like, so in your head ted you're not at beard's wedding like what the uh, fuck? you're totally gonna be best man at his wedding like that's yeah that's, i was like you're his best friend you're gonna hop your ass yeah. back on a flight and you're gonna like, go to his wedding and, i mean he's literally on this plane and he has no desire to leave and he's sitting yeah. here because you know you, you because of you period like he yeah he's you know and um and uh, I, I actually love that scene where he, where he faked the appendicitis. Yeah. <laughs> and the flight attendant's like, okay, dick. <laughs> to, to Ted, because he wouldn't get off with him. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was diet laughing at that whole thing. I was like, yeah. Well, they've already well, shut the plane. He's like, I got this, you know? <laughs> the, one I, the one thing I really did like was I liked that... Um, I liked that he was coaching little league soccer for his son. Yeah. Um, now, do I think that it's a 100% complete unfair advantage? Yes. 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think that I, I would literally Google Ted if I were a parent from the opposing mm -hmm. team uh, and I got my hand, my ass handed to me like four or five games in a row. I'd Google Ted. Mm -hmm. Um, actually I'd probably Google him before that because I just, I Google people and I'd be like, uh, you know, Oh, you coached AFC Richmond from worst in the league to best in the league in three years. Um, yeah, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> like I don't think that you should be coaching this league. I understand your uh, son's on the team, but it feels like having a pro well, football I mean, coach is a little bit well that happens like the the mannings and stuff coach their kids football teams yeah and so. things like um philip rivers coaches a high school team now like that his son's on yeah like i understand but it's just one of those things where i was like man that's it must really suck for the other parents <laughs> especially in america where soccer is not like it's only important for a certain amount of years and then it has like no like real pro footing. Like we have a pro team, but it's not as important as like other sports. I mean, um, it, it, the um, pro soccer here is definitely a second tier sport, right? Yeah. And, so and, like, and, so like uh, yeah. what I'm getting at here is like, if you have a professional coach for a dad on your American soccer team, it's such an unfair advantage. And like, it has so much of a, like a powerful punch because that's the only years that it really matters. Like soccer is not going to um, become your world really. Well, it if could. I mean, there are pro teams, but I, there um... are pro teams, but it, it, I mean, it's not like you can be a pro soccer player. I mean, our women's team actually rocks ass, um, but well, like our, our we only have World the Cup national team, team yeah. really. Well, um, uh, there, there are pro, the pro soccer leagues here are, you know, just kind of in the background. They're like minor league baseball level. Yeah. Teams, so like right? if you wanted to be so, like major league level, you would have to go to another have, country. Really, You have to go to Europe. There's a couple of giant, you know, I mean, several big soccer leagues. Yeah. Uh, so my headcanon is that they eventually move back to the UK and. Yeah. I mean, there's mainly... even big ones in South America soccer leagues yeah um, well in my head they eventually move back because his kid actually really likes soccer and is good at it and he's like hey i will literally never be able to play at a pro level if i stay in the u.s 
Like I will only be minor league level. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, I, they say it's the finale, but is it? I don't know. They could do more shows. <laughs> I mean, they could, but yeah. Jason Sudeikis kind of has a, um, what's it called? Backbone with that sort of thing. Like he, like he's really firm with that sort of thing. Yeah, I, um, I know he's kind of done. Yeah, I think that's he's his done, thing. and I get that. Um, but I could see them doing spinoff shows. And honestly, I would really like that because Jamie Tart is one of my favorite characters of all time. I really Jamie, like Tart. Jamie Tart. Roy Kent is my favorite of all time. No, I love Roy <laughs> Kent and I love Jamie Tart. Um, but if I had to choose between the two, it'd be it'd be Jamie Tart. Uh, I, he's kind of a jerk. That's kind of why I like him. <laughs> I mean, I love Roy Kent because he is a total jerk. Um, like, <laughs> right, but I like that Jamie's cheeky like 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 he's very tongue-in-cheek whereas roy kent is just a flat fucking asshole (laughs) although one of my favorite roy kent lines and i'm so glad you've actually seen it now is (laughs) roy kent get your hairy ass into my office right now looking at the entire locker room and going every single one of you knows that my ass isn't hairy and you didn't say anything. And I will <laughs> never forgive you for that. <laughs> and none of you spoke up. Because <laughs> I'm just like, the gravel in his voice makes him sound like he's about to cry. <laughs> like the idea of this stoic, tough ass man. <laughs> on the verge of tears at the accus not the accusation but the fact that none of his friends spoke up at the accusation of him having hairy ass <laughs> Roy Kent <laughs> I love his uh uh my 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 favorite Roy Kent thing is just his theme song Roy Kent <laughs> Roy Kent He's here. He's there. He's every He's fucking where. Yeah. <laughs> Another favorite moment of mine is when uh, he's uh, when Jamie he like he he's talked to Keely and she's like, you just have to agree w- with everything he says, right? Mm-hmm. And and Roy realizes what he's doing and he says, "You're an ugly, ugly boy with bad hair." <laughs> 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 I'm an ugly, ugly boy. <laughs> he can Bad barely hair. say it. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I also there are on on the other people's endings. I did actually quite like a lot of them. Like, I like that Keely didn't really end up with Roy or Jamie, and I think that that's just because I feel like plot wise they were like, yeah, she has to choose, and it's going to be all this tension. And she was basically like, no. I dated both of you. Neither one worked out. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> I'll be friends with you guys, but no. Like, I you don't get to decide, like, oh, I'm in love with you. Pick between us. No, I'm not. I'm not the third third spoke in your love triangle. Um, I'm my own person, and I don't want to. So, no. Um, and I like that both of them were like, yeah, okay, that's fair. I don't know why I was doing that. 
<laughs> like both of them were just kind of like very undramatically like yeah actually now that i think about it that is stupid um never mind <laughs> um i also like that jamie and his dad kind of had that like plot arc where his dad was like wow i'm i actually have a lot of issues and i've been taking out a lot of it on you and i'm really sorry um because i i like the idea of a parent being like well i am a mature enough person to know that i fucked up and i would like to apologize and then also work on getting better um it's just nice to see i like it when it happens so yeah, and I mean, uh, some of my favorite moments were Roy Kent being a sportscaster. You know, like yeah, <laughs> he he didn't like doing it. He, he didn't like it at all. Yeah. In fact, the second he started doing it, I was like, "You hate this. Why are you here?" He <laughs> says, "What do you think? Uh, what do you think will happen out there, Roy?" And he says something like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> none of you think you know all of you guys yeah. think you know what's gonna happen out there and then you get pissed off when it doesn't happen you know like, yeah <laughs> uh, i love that <laughs> and he says what do you think of your old team today i think they played like shit or something like that <laughs> you know <laughs> they're like no kind of uh sugar coating of anything when he was on the sports cast mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so i also was um um able to watch three episodes of gilmore girls so if you want to talk about those i do i got norman mailer i'm pregnant <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> up first um so i i i, I uh, you know norma mailer is a big part of this episode <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and um but i love that uh at the start of it glenn uh, from the paper gets published in the new york times which sets rory off into a bit of a frenzy about needing to write better stories right yeah and doyle is upset because he get published in the New York Times, but Doyle spent the summer toiling at the Muncie Messenger in Indiana. Okay, and which my is immediate, not, which is not so, a thing. It's not okay? a thing. There's in a Muncie fact, Star. There was a Muncie Evening Press. They became the Muncie Star Press. There's no fucking Muncie Messenger. Okay? You know what that made me think is that that's some like weird fucked up third party like news aggregate. I'm like, I don't think that the Muncie messenger is actually like, I think that it's even worse because it's not the Muncie newspaper. Like, like he's, he's on some like, oh, that's the neighborhood quote unquote newspaper where it's just a whole bunch of local press releases. And then we've got this overqualified intern who's just way too enthusiastic and irritated because he's from Yale. Like, why did you apply to this? Like, yeah. Sure, we'll give it to you because you are studying at Yale, but why are you here? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just like, there's no Muncie messenger. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I just searched and all I saw were Gilmore Girls references. 
Yeah. <laughs> there's no, I was there's say, no Muncie messenger. Well, my like, headcanon is that it's Muncie even for worse 21 than years. being there at the There was never press. a messenger. Like, that never was a thing. Well, um, and also my thing is Ball State has been a really well-known journalism school for a really fucking long time, and there's no fucking way he would get an internship in Muncie ever <laughs> without it going to a Ball State kid first. Like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean, it had to be a Ball State person on the writing staff that slipped in, you know, Muncie Messenger yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, like a Ball State person was like, this is going to be funny to people. Let's make a reference, a Muncie reference, right? But yeah. it's but it's a false flag. Like, yeah, it's a false flag. You threw a false flag at us. Yeah. You know? And we fell for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Rory was in her Bambi voice and uh, upset about it too. And she wanted to come up with better stories. And um, I think that like, this is how we get toward the next couple of episodes, which are really about the life and death brigade, um, which is some of my favorite stuff, by the way, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in a minute. But um, so she wants to do a story. She, she first decides that the story is going to be about um, downloading like uh napster or something yeah until paris is in the room <laughs> and kind of blows it for her. well have you got a good angle on that and she's like oh yeah i've got a great angle and she's like because usually, well, you must have a good name bull because yeah, you know usually uh, it's like this or this or this <laughs> it's like she has like laundry list all of her angles <laughs> like, yeah. and, and she realizes that uh, this is crap and then she tells doyle and doyle's like yeah, I know. Wants to do something. Yeah, I know. I was bored just listening to you pitch it. <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, anyway, in the midst of, of her journalism things, there's a journalist interviewing Norman Mailer in the dining room at the Dragonfly Inn every day for a week or weeks. <laughs> he has to be doing a pre-research for a documentary or something. <laughs> Or a book. Like he has to be right. either writing a biography of Norman Mailer or be doing like research on a documentary on Norman Mailer. Because they're otherwise just excessive coverage. Like Right. And he's like Norman Mailer's sitting there and he's kind of a curmudgeon, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't like compliments. <laughs> and you're either kissing up and you're fake or you're telling the truth which is really sad <laughs> something like that <laughs> right mm -hmm. and, and i'm like uh, you know he's kind of an asshole you know he's <laughs> really an asshole because <laughs> the main problem with norman mailer is that he comes to the firefly inn every single day at lunch and doesn't order anything he just has iced tea well him and the guy interviewing him they just get iced tea well because yeah because Norman Mailer's setting the tone and Norman Mailer's not ordering. Right. And and the other thing is no one else is is in the dining room at the Dragonfly for lunch and Suki complains of, completely blames it on the fact that Norman Mailer's in there. Well, <laughs> he doesn't want to lose lunch is the thing. Like she right. wants to keep her menu. Lorelai's trying to cancel lunch and she ends up needing to. I mean, honestly. Yeah, cuz they uh, don't have this like like the staffing money to keep a full staff for lunch. Right. So she wants to keep it open and she hires Kirk. 
<laughs> she, she, she hires Kirk to uh, help <laughs> and and, up business. And, and, and Lorelai gets a call from Luke that says, you need like, basically you need to come here now. And he gets, she gets to Luke's diner and Kirk is mm -hmm. blocking the door to the diner dressed as a hot dog, handing out flyers for the dragonfly ins lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and he won't get out of the way. <laughs> and Lorelai fires Kirk, of course, and says, by the way, why'd you dress as a hot dog? We don't even serve hot dogs at the Dragonfly. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, it was the suit that fit best. <laughs> or something. <laughs> and then, then she went to see, back to see Suki. And she said, Suki, the first thing we agreed was to keep Kirk away from the business. <laughs> and here he is. And here he is. And, uh, and she was like, he was just supposed to hand out flyers. He wasn't supposed to. Well, this is Kirk Suki. Um. <laughs> and you, you handed him the flyers and you thought, oh, what could possibly go wrong? And that is where you went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so along the way in this episode, an interesting thing happened in that um, uh, Chris called Lorelai because he's having problems with Gigi and Sherry has abandoned him and she goes to visit to help out with the baby. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause Sherry decided to take a job in Paris and just leave and left him a note and left him with the kid. And, um, this is my, I hate Sherry arc. It I never mean, goes away. How could you like Sherry after that? <laughs> you can't. And you know what? The seer, the writers wanted me to like her so bad, and then they saw it wasn't working out, so they were like, "Well, we'll just make her unredeemable and gone." Like, like we're gonna kill her character in a way that will make no one miss her. Like, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so, so she marches off to Paris. Um, running away from her life yet again, the theme of, uh, of that. Um, <laughs> so I know you can't just on the drop of a dime move to Paris. Like there are things you have to do. <laughs> well, she did. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I, um, and if you have a child, bring that child to Paris. You don't think that the, your Paris job would let you bring your husband and child. So, the, the little theme that's working its way through here is that Dean is working a lot and can't see Rory very often. And um, so Rory, uh, looking for another story, um, ends up in a bathroom and sees a girl come in who's drunk in a gorilla mask. Mm -hmm. And then she sees her get into a car and say, in omnia paratus, which is Latin for ready for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she starts looking this up and figures out that there's this thing called the life and death brigade that is like a secret society at Yale. And she decides that she wants to expose the secret society as part of her story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Well, um, she wants to do a feature on them. Yeah. An, a feature a tell, them. tell all feature. Right. And so, um, when she figures this out, she actually, they go to the Gilmore's for Friday dinner and neither Gilmore is there because they're still fighting and they both haven't talked to each other and they've both gone for some other trip and haven't told 
Lorelai and Rory. So they, they get to order pizza and have pizza <laughs> in, the, mm -hmm. in Richard and Emily's house, which is the best thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Lorelai lets the cat out of the bag about visiting Chris. And at the very end of the episode, Rory goes to see Chris and basically tells Choose him, him to leave, out. Her, leave her alone. Don't talk to her. Stay away from her. She is happy right now, and you're just going to screw it up, which, of course, he is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she says, quite bluntly, you won't mean to. You're not trying to. You never mean to. It doesn't matter. You need to stay away because you will. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? And um, so then um, we get to the next episode and uh, it's called You Jump, I Jump, Jack, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, you know, is what she says. Um, but uh, um, at the start of this, I, I love this thing. This whole bit is great because um, she goes, uh, I was late because I, I, I saw this um, bumper sticker that said honk if, you, if you're a scuba diver. And, mm -hmm. and so I honked and she's like, but you're not a scuba diver. She's like, well, I'm testing to see if people really want you to honk and they don't. It turns out that they slow down and they get really defensive if you honk. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily says, do you need a hobby? <laughs> Which, <laughs> that was my favorite. I like, I absolutely lost it. <laughs> do you need a hobby? <laughs> 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 so Emily wants to talk about the fact that L Luke and Lorelai are dating and that she found out from Kirk. <laughs> and, and I want to talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> and Lorelai's like, Kirk. And she's like, yeah, Kirk from Stars Hollow. And she's like, our Kirk? Do you know any other Kirks? Well, I mean, that's my other world. And this is... <laughs> How did you talk to Kirk? How did you get his number? I didn't. I called the inn and and was asking for you and Michelle was busy and Kirk was delivering something and the phone got handed to him. <laughs> yeah. And he said that you were probably at your boyfriend Luke Danes's diner. <laughs> I love it. She found yeah. out from Kirk. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> what I love is she explained it and I was like, yeah, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can picture the whole thing and we didn't even have to watch the scene. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, fact, her describing it was so perfect. <laughs> In precise detail, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so it, 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 at this point, we end up uh, going into the newsroom where Rory's talking about the life and death brigade with Doyle as walking through the newsroom. And they say, hey, I think we just had an all the president's men moment, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is beautiful. Um, anyway, I, I wanted to stick that in there, but I, I do want to talk about uh, Zach and Lane before we talk about the life and death brigade. Look at um, that. They're actually dating. Look at that. Well, he asks her, he's like, okay, I'm ready to date now. <laughs> I love that. I love that way of asking her out. <laughs> like, he's so awkward with her and not with any other girl that he's ever talked to. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. He's so awkward because it's like, he's like, this is really serious. Like, this isn't. <laughs> like, I like you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
this is this is this is way beyond Zach's comfort zone in every way. And they have like the lamest date in the world. So lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um like they go on a date and the entire time I'm just like color me unimpressed like okay. <laughs> and uh, well and uh their their roommate like sits in between them and they're like we're on a he's like dude we're on a date right now well we're watching what we watched yesterday yeah but this time we're on a date he's like were you on a date yesterday no <laughs> well what am i supposed to do and lane's like you can use my bedroom i can what <laughs> yeah that's the exciting bit he like yeah. runs in yeah and then he falls asleep in there and zach has to carry him out mm-hmm. um but but I, I I really loved it. It was really cute that they had their first kiss while he was carrying him, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, so the um, the 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 little story with uh, Emily earlier and Luke is, ends up that she wants to meet him, and she's and already Laura met him before. Like you've already met him, <laughs> but not when he yes, was your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. So um, so she has him come over for dinner right mm-hmm. and he's she starts off with all these backhanded insults and Lorelai's standing up for him a bit and he's like well before that I actually have a line here I wanted to talk about when Luke sees the house he goes this is a house this is how heads in, end up on pikes mm-hmm. <laughs> right I love that this is how heads end up on pikes <laughs> um anyway they had this thing and she's insulting him, right? Calling his place mm-hmm. rustic, you know? And um, Laura, like, she had to go in the other room and she's like, that's slang for crappy and beer is slang for nitwit juice, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke's irritated with her and says, I can stand up for myself. I'm a grown man. You know, she's just being nice. He's like playing, he's like hearing the nice side of everything she says because he doesn't actually hear her you know her language and then as they go through dinner it's just one dig after another you know some diners serve actual roadkill yeah (laughs) we don't serve that here well this one time there was this diner that did that and that and the other and i was like yeah i mean she's she's really being nice to you luke (laughs) Yeah, she's really laying. It was like she was only being so. She was being subtle. She was testing the waters. She noticed he didn't notice, and she was like, "Well, then I can lean in." Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then she goes out to walk him out to the car, and his truck's out there, and she starts ripping about the truck and the gardener leaving their crappy truck behind. And then he says, "That's my truck," and she's like, "Oh, oh, no, it's all right. It's nice, rustic, rustic." Yeah. yeah. And he said, uh, she, after she went inside, he's like, he's like, you know, the thing is she didn't actually say anything that was directly insulting. And yet, it, it, and she's like, you know, later on the headache's going to kick in. Your head's going to swirl. You're going to feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? he, he's like, you know, she did sound a little bit uh, insulting with that last rustic. <laughs> Yeah, I could feel the sting in that last rustic. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, so anyway, 
the other thing that happens there is that Richard now wants to play golf with Luke. Um, <laughs> and, and so he agrees to go play golf, even though Lorelai tries to talk him out of it. And uh, he, he says, uh, when he gets there to play golf and Richard goes, where are your clubs? He's like, oh, I thought I'd rent some. He's like, oh, renting's a waste. Buying's the way to do it. And he makes him buy a set of clubs. <laughs> At the country club. Right. <laughs> it's doing a man dirty. Like, that's so fucked up. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, I love it. They're out playing and he's like, you know, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, help me, help me. He's telling the caddy, help me. He's like reading. He's like, I read, you know? And he's like, what's the last thing you read? Well, it was by some author named Dick. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I'll bring Dick up on the internet and see what comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it was a throwaway line and I, it caught me. I didn't hear, hear that line when I watched it the mm -hmm. other time, you know, and I heard mm -hmm. it and I just freaking lost my mind laughing. I was like, that is a great throwaway line. <laughs> Whoever snuck that into the script was a genius. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that he calls her up and he says, so now I'm going to be franchising Luke's. Um, <laughs> there's going to be, we're going to have start with seven on the Eastern seaboard and then we're going to go national. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, what? I was like, yeah, I've been training with my art guy and I have an art guy now. Did you know this? We're, we're going to be looking at Picasso's and <laughs> you know, he's like, and he's over there now talking to my rare coin guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Richard's hooking him up with every connection he has in hopes of someday making him suitable to be invited like, on holidays to the club. Right. Yeah. And the two, and honestly, the two of them have a phone call and it's the first like Emily and Richard phone call that they've had in a long time. And they're just, <laughs> Like she's like, he's horrible. You brought him to the club. And he's like, Yeah, I know he's horrible. I was trying to brainwash him into being suitable. Like Yeah, you're not thinking about the long game here, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh so now to my favorite part, the Le Life and Death Brigade. They come to get Rory with a secret note, which I love. And they um so she's and it's and it's handed off with a blindfold so she has to be blindfolded and get into the truck she identifies everybody in the truck about two seconds after getting in even though she's blindfolded <laughs> and then they take the blindfold off no not until don't. she gets there because they want to keep the location secret right yeah and um they get to the woods and there's all these 19th century tents out there <laughs> right mm -hmm. it's like rich rich camping rich people camping from the 19th yeah century, it's right? not even glamping because they're just it's like glamping but like with certain restrictions yeah well 19th century rich right is what yeah. i would call it yeah um i love that so, their their thing is that no one can use the letter e when speaking <laughs> Mm -hmm. but so, certain people are like forcibly getting themselves out because they're like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole part's stupid we don't like that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um she's trying to interview people and none of them will let her interview them <laughs> yeah and then finally logan gets her aside and tells her the rules 
um, that she can't uh, interfere with the integrity of the event and um, the the main events happening. She can't interfere with the integrity of it. She also um, has to, um, you know, not tell any of their names or, you know, their location or <laughs> anything like that. And um, so the next morning she gets up and there's a guy with paintball shooting at people who are being human bird clay targets like that you would go pull and the clay target would get fired and you'd shoot at it well these are actual people jumping off of a trailer and getting shot Mm -hmm. (laughs) with paintball guns is this safe no (laughs) she she asked if it was safe the immediate answer was no Mm -hmm. usually it would be oh yeah it's fine you know like whatever no (laughs) no (laughs) it's not safe (laughs) and um so she has to get dressed like them because otherwise it'll interfere with the integrity of the event so logan gets her an outfit and then talks and magically guesses the perfect size right he says i'm really good at dress sizes yeah um, no, you're not. Women aren't good at dress sizes. In fact, if you think you're good at dress sizes, what? Why? How? He also took away her camera because there's not supposed to be any pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then they the, get out there and there's like a 50, 75 foot high scaffolding and they're going to jump off of it using an umbrella to float down. But they're actually hooked to a crane and a string as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so he talks her into jumping off at, like by saying, Oh yeah, we tested it a lot of times with potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> None of the potatoes were hurt. Um, <laughs> and uh, so she jumps up and they're, they all yell in Omnia Paratus and they jump off this thing and float down, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a great visual. And I love that at the end of it, he, um, you know, they secretly leave her camera on the, on her doorstep, knock and leave. And she comes out and picks up the camera and turns it on. And someone has taken pictures of her jumping off. Yeah. With the, with the other, <laughs> honestly, so that she would actually lovely touch. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so like, I think the life and death brigade would be great to be a part of. I'm yeah. <laughs> a great hangout, fun, weird, you know, stuff, you know, that they do. Yeah. Um, Well, I also like the introduction of the life and death brigade because we're about to see like Rory and Dean 2.0 crash and burn. And it's like, part of me is like, yeah. And part of that's because Rory's realizing that like, she's got better shit to do. Like, (laughs) like, why are you trifling with this? Like, so episode eight is party's over and it's there's two things about party being over so um richard is serving appetizers at the start of this thing <laughs> instead of just drinks mm-hmm. emily comes out and gets pissed because you know there are now appetizers at drinks yeah yeah they're and not so, gonna be hungry by the time they get to dinner so they get into dinner and they say oh we're hungry oh good load them up would you yeah <laughs> they throw like four extra chicken breasts on their plates mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they come out of there and 
and they're talking about how full they are and then and um she says um well actually they they were eating and uh, and her phone rang this is what happened her phone rang and she went off to answer it because it was dean right and mm-hmm. she had to come back and she told emily that she was dating dean again right but right. um while she was gone on the phone you know um she said um, <laughs> he said, Emily says, I told her to turn her phone off at the table. And she said, well, I told her to leave it on. It's for safety and say, in case someone forces her to eat five chickens and she has to call nine one one. Anyway, um, <laughs> she finds out about Dean and, um, she starts scheming up this thing with Richard to hold a quote unquote Yale alumni dinner the next Friday. That shit is snake E. So rude. <laughs> so rude. And invites her along. And so um what happens at this party? is what we're going to talk about in a minute, but we should skip over to stars hollow and Liz, who's going to deciding to move to stars hollow. Yeah. And TJ, um, and they, 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 they buy a house and he comes in saying he's an escrow. He doesn't say he's an escrow. He's an mm-hmm. escrow. <laughs> I'm an escrow. He's I'm so an escrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, you bought a house. And he's like, yeah, it's got three bedrooms. If you build on two, yeah (laughs) and the roof is great it'll be even better after it's replaced so it won't leak yeah (laughs) this is this this is is awesome yeah this is great i'm an escrow um and uh, so liz was telling lorelei that that luke is really a great cook other than the stuff that he has in the diner right right and so they're going to have a dinner where he makes stuff that he doesn't make in the diner for her. And as they start to have the dinner, um, we're going back and forth with the party that's going on and we'll get back to that. But Luke has made this fancy dinner and TJ shows up and he's, he's in a, he's in a, a state of disrepair because him and Liz are fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> over, over everything. Cause he's Cause freaking he out fu- over the escrow well, because he learned what escrow is. <laughs> someone told him (laughs) that he's gonna have to have a mortgage for the rest of his life yeah Mm -hmm. um (laughs) they have a whole back and forth and i love it tj's sitting over on the bed i'll just be quiet i just need to gather myself (laughs) yeah he's freaking out while lorelei and luke are trying to have a romantic dinner Like gently rocking back and forth, sobbing not so quietly. <laughs> uh, so it turns out Liz comes over and she's yelling at him because he's just being a, a crazy person. And they end up uh, having a, a, a thing, and the, they end up in the bathroom yelling at each other. And then mm-hmm. Luke and Lorelai, you know, she's like, I loved it. It was wonderful. But mm-hmm. while she was there, she gets called. Because Rory's at the party, she's shown up at this party, and the party is all of these Yale alumni and their sons. No well, daughters. Their grandsons and their sons. <laughs> yeah, and no daughters were invited. 
So it's all a meat market for Rory. <laughs> to and they, she to put her in a tiara too. Like <laughs> she made Rory wear a tiara to this party. <laughs> yeah, she 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 got a hairdresser and everything and put her in a tiara. Yeah. Um, so she's getting calls for, about that. At the same time, we are going over because Lane's uh, earlier in the show, Lane's replacement girl, I can't even remember her name. She mm -hmm. comes in and is hungry because all she's been allowed to eat is flaxseed muffins for a month. <laughs> yeah. And Lane's like, you can eat other things. Just don't tell her. You know, she gives yeah. her fries and she like freaks out over French fries. Um, and then and, and then Lane's Zach sister. comes in and touches Lane in front of her and she tells Lane's mom that and Lane's mom freaks out. Yeah. And, and she goes off on Zach in the street and basically tells him that the hellhounds are coming for him. He's cursed yeah. and he's going to hell. And, and that <laughs> freaks Zach out because what an <laughs> ominous thing to yell someone in the street. And, and also Zach is not one that can take things like that easily. He's like kind of a sensitive guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> He's like, Lane, it can't be. She's going to send actual hellhounds after me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Lane has to go and smooth the waters and um, try to fix things. We go back to the party and it, Logan is there, of course, because he's a son of a Yale alumni. <laughs> and he saves her from um, a moment with, um, you know, some douche that's trying to hit on her. <laughs> yeah. And um, by saying he's her boyfriend. He's like, well, why am I even here then? You know? Yeah. Um, and Dean is supposed to meet her outside the party at 830 because she didn't realize it was going to be this. And yeah. she ended up going into the pool house with Colin Finn and uh, Logan and a whole bunch of other uh, of their friends from the Life and Death Brigade and just drinking. Yeah. And actually <laughs> and, having a kind of nice time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then they're, they're all like, which one of us are you picking? You know, and come on, and pick one of us. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, I'm just going to pick my boyfriend who's, oh, uh, what time is it? And it was like 845. And she's like, oh, no, I've got to, he's going to be here. And they're like, oh, well, let's meet him. You know, so they yeah. follow her out there and she's drunk. And Dean sees them as they, as they come out. And he's like, it, it finally dawns on him that this doesn't work and it's never going to work. <laughs> right. Well, it's like one of those things where it's like, it he realizes this at a moment where it really seems like he's being a jealous asshole. Like, but I don't think he is. I think he finally, no, it finally just dawned on him. It, it dawns know? on him that she has a bunch of other options and like actually gets along with them, you know, like, Oh, these Yale boys who are going to go off and own like half of Sweden. Um, are actually people that Rory can get along with enough to get drunk at a party and be around her grandparents. And it's not a fight. And that's like what Dean realizes. But to Rory, it's like, she just got dumped for getting drunk with a bunch of her peers who are men. So I'm yeah. like, if I like, I remember watching this for the first time and being like, Oh, so Dean just can't handle like Rory getting drunk with a bunch of guy friends like that's 
weird jealousy. Like that's kind of fucked up. And it took me a while to see the other side of that where Dean like looks at it and goes, Oh, I see. This isn't a um like princess and the pauper situation. Like this is a princess actually fits in the castle and I'm just weirdly dating her right now, kind of thing. Like yeah, eventually like all I'm not gonna that, be fun anymore. All the <laughs> like, things that broke us up before are the things that make it are the reasons that we shouldn't be together and we should have just stayed broken up. Yeah. Like we <laughs> but, broke up before I realized this. Right. And yeah. now I'm really realizing it and I get it. Like, yeah, yeah she's not going to be the one for me ever. Like I, and it doesn't matter that I care about her or, or that she cares about me. It just isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's where it finally you know, Licked. it, 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 it yeah. took so long. Like he had to get married to someone else and cheat on them and all of this stuff for him to before he was like grow up oh. enough to learn that. Yeah, right. <laughs> to have that moment of oh, now I get it. You know, um, yeah. Because up until that point, he his entire interpretation was like, oh well, she just thought she didn't like me as much as she does. Yeah, and then. Um, <laughs> Logan's comforting of her was the best. He, he, mm-hmm. it, like her, Logan and Colin and Finn, actually. I love Colin and Finn. They're like my favorites. What great mm-hmm. guys, right? Yeah. And 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 he he says, um, <laughs> "Come on, we'll go back to the pool house. I'll do my Passion of the Christ." <laughs> <laughs> and Logan says, "Nothing ever seems as bad after Finn does his Passion of the Christ." Come on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right come on let's go back to the pool house let's watch like, uh, someone do something truly horrendous and then <laughs> it'll become a little bit easier to deal with this horrible thing yeah right so anyway that's where i'm at we're uh how far away are, am i from you are you still like 20 episodes ahead or i'm not 20 episodes ahead but i'm pretty ahead um <laughs> So, well, and also I need to re-get Netflix now that they've shut it down. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll catch That's up. fun for me. Sorry. I didn't do it. It was a good run. <laughs> a lot of happy years of not paying for Netflix. <laughs> I'm going to miss those days. It got cheaper for me. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> Because I didn't need four screens anymore. Well, yeah, because you weren't, you were not paying for screens. You were paying for users. Yeah, I know. That's the goofy thing about it. Like you, you had to pay for extra screens so that people could watch it at the same time. So I was paying for you anyway. So the splitting of it just made the bill cheaper for me. I took $6 off my bill. So (laughs) how much is it now? Huh? Well, how much are you paying now? I think it's like. 11. Okay. So they lost like half of your money. Yeah. And I, I only have two screens now cause that's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, you know, I guess they'll get it back just by you paying for it, but I don't know why that makes any difference. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? See, no, they won't because we had two combined accounts that we were share like using, uh-huh. um, 
because now it's also cheaper for Jimmy's parents, which was the other one that I was stealing off of. Mm -hmm. um, and now Jimmy and I are just going to go have these on one. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So they didn't sucks really. for them, but. Yeah, they lost even more. I mean, it, it, it didn't work out for them. The other way was fine. I don't know what yeah. they were. Uh, I'm sure there were people, though, that hardly ever watched Netflix and had other people on their account and stuff. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that there are probably a lot of people who are like, well, I was hardly watching this and mainly like a bunch of my friends were using it, which was why I was paying for it. And now that my 12 friends can't use this, I'm going to stop paying for it. <laughs> like, And one of my I friends really can just it. get their own if they want it. <laughs> Yeah, like now that they have to pay for it, there's no reason for me to keep this yeah, on my bill. I, I, I don't, I don't know that they'll actually make a lot of extra money. I think it's kind of a, a wash. It's a wash, yeah. Because they were charging per screen, and and that was fine. I, that methodology works great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if I want to watch it on multiple things at once, I get that. I understand why you would charge more. Yeah. I also understand that everybody needs to have their own accounts. I don't have a problem with that either. <laughs> um. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's pretty much it for today's episode. All right. Well, we'll see you next was, time on I Family Rabble. Bailey. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, Bailey. I love you, Dad. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.